I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, I bring to you the story of the vanishing art of Kashmiri carpet weaving, one man's passion to keep it alive, and how it's emblematic of the future of our arts and crafts today. This is our forefather's business. Okay. As a matter of fact. Okay. And from my childhood, I had a passion to go deep into handicrafts, especially in carpets. Mm-hmm. And I was going to school, partly working here. Okay. So when did you start? What age? I think I was ten, twelve years old oh, wow. since I have started it. Yes, so it was my my, my hobby as well. Okay, is a passion mm. to learn things in handicrafts, in art, mm. you know. So I was going to school partly working here, going to college partly working here, mm. till I got this art absorbed in myself, and I hope it is running in my blood. Rafiq Ahmed Shah is 73 years old. His white, well-kempt beard feels misleading, as he still retains the energy of the 12-year-old who picked this up as a hobby with his father. When most children would be happy to play traditional Kashmiri games such as Khodji Gindun or just go swimming in lakes and rivers, known as Chantwayan, Rafiq was honing his skills in a workshop. Little did he know then that decades later, he would be amongst the last people. Fighting to keep the art of Kashmiri carpet weaving alive. This is the story of Rafiq Ahmed Shah, and increasingly, could be a story of the hundreds of art forms that are languishing in our country. Kashmir's carpet industry began in the 15th century, when the Turko-Mongol conqueror Timur set his sights on the region. The ruler of the valley at the time, Sultan Sikandar Shah Miri, pledged allegiance to him. He sent his son Shahi along with the tributes to his court in Samarkand. After Timur passed away, Shahi returned with craft masters from wood carving to carpet making. He ascended to the throne, overseeing what is known as the golden era of the Kashmir region. Its craftsmanship achieved global fame. His reverence still rings in the region today, even in the songs the Kashmiri weavers sing 500 years after his death. For Rafiq, carpet weaving is not merely a family business. As a fourth-generation manager, he often gives his craft and craftsmen priority. Over almost everything in his life, every person in the house has domestic engagements. Mm. You know, yeah. And I, I am having. I am telling you a secret of my life. You know, home. I am having almost fight every day with my wife. Okay. So you are not doing this thing. You are not doing that <laughs> thing. You are not doing that thing. But I have more attachment towards these craftsmen. Mm. I give more time to these people mm. than my home. That was attachment I have with this craft. Their workshop and showroom, which goes by the name of Alisha Carpets, have a legendary status in Srinagar. Their carpets are handmade, hand knotted, and are primarily made using pure wool, pure silk, and occasionally wool and silk blends. They are renowned to have bright jewel-like color tones 
such as sapphire blue, ruby red, emerald green, aquamarine, amethyst and ivory. It is often said in Kashmiri folklore that a home is incomplete without a soul and that soul is the Kashmiri carpet. Most of these designs are rooted in the Kashmiri way of life and are a symbolic representation of the age-old Kashmiri tradition of hospitality, warmth and love. But while Kashmiri carpet weaving came from Persia, the evolution of the craft did not stop there. This way, we have gone one step ahead of Persians. Okay. Their designers are displayed on a sheet of graph paper hmm. with colors given to each and every individual square in the graph. Hmm. They can miss a color from the graph, but our talim gives precise detail. That's the best part of carpet making. So, sir, who designs the talim? For that, we have a separate department, well organized. Hmm. Suppose you want to translate a photograph into a carpet. Hmm. Not a big problem. So our designing department is divided into three different sections. This photograph will go first place to designing department where a master draftsman traces that particular design on the photograph onto a sheet of graph paper. Okay. That way we can achieve the quality and the size of the carpet. Mm. Because we take one individual square not as not the carpet. Okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That can give us calculation. Correct. Okay. Yeah. One is it's a long process workmanship to trace it by hand. Mm. One is his job is over, then goes section number two. Mm. Where person sitting there gives each and every individual square in the graph the codes for color, for number, and for direction. Okay. Left or right, nothing more than that. Mm. So then it's easy for code writer in the third section to write from bottom to top in strips. To get a real sense of the intricacies involved, I was given a tour of the workshop. I could see artisans hunched up against their looms, working with intense concentration. But I also saw a few looms gathering dust. Looms which had remained untouched for a very long time. Nothing prepares you to suddenly encounter a loom that has fallen silent since its craftsmen had passed away. I was visiting in the morning and I could see a stream of sunlight break through the window and illuminate the loom. The silk threads glistened under the morning sun, warming up to receive their master. But there wouldn't be one. And Rafiq is no stranger to this. So I'm really uh, happy and proud of myself. As you should be, sir. That I'm running, I'm keeping this art live. You know, that's that's a big thing. Because... This art is dying day by day. We are losing our artisans day by day, unfortunately. Because unfortunately, it's an art of patience. Yeah. It takes long time to sit on a loom and make the carpet. And unfortunately, our young generation is losing the patience sitting on these, you know, carpets and working on that. That's the, that's the, you know, Upsetting. I can imagine. Yes. And uh, I had had seen the workshop, uh, which is right outside last time. And I was speaking with uh, Nisaji and he was mentioning that, um, you know, there are not many craftsmen left who can do this work. So all across Kashmir, do you think how many are there, people are there who could do this intricate work? Let me tell you, in the year 70s, when I was a young man, Hmm. 
every second house in the city of Srinagar used to have carpet looms in their houses. Oh wow! Okay. And today there is not a single carpet loom in the in the houses of these people in city of Srinagar. So, which means all the work which you see here comes from villages around. Yeah, it is pushed to it is pushed to villages and mountains. Okay. Yes. And see, you you must have given a round to my factory yeah. in here. workshop i take more services from elderly people than young people you see i could see all the craftsmen were also elderly yes yes because yeah. they have maintained their patience and they are still using that patience and working on carpets what rafiq said is increasingly emblematic of multiple kashmiri art traditions the single biggest challenge today is that there are less than 500 craftsmen all across kashmir who could do this work they are mostly confined to the villages and smaller towns and increasingly the young people are not keen to pick up this work but instead of lamenting the state of affairs rafiq took a very pragmatic view of the situation 7 to 10 days to set the warp threads on the loom okay because lot of work is to be done mm. and once those are set then they get the start to work do mm. not in the carpets and how much time does you know Uh, a a carpet which is some of your best quality work take depends on size size okay it. suppose we have to make the best quality work in a size 4 by 6 mm-hmm. they can on that quality it is very difficult to concentrate continuously more than hour okay so it strains their eyes they have to go out for refreshment or a walk for half an hour and come back and work in intervals they work maximum 5 hours a day 5 days a week hmm. and we cannot push them on this quality yeah because see i tell you they i don't blame them these young generation these days this modern time no young man wants to get disabled in an age hmm. not at all hmm. So what happens to them after some time? They lose eyesight. Eyesight, yeah. At first place, then this fine dust, which comes from the Wool. carpet, carpet, mm. no silk. Silk, sorry, yeah. They get, they inhale it, mm. and get chest diseases. Mm. You know. Yeah. And after thirty years, thirty-five years, they are not able to stand erect like me. Mm. They bend. Bend because they're also working like this. so these things they make to make them to move away from the sort he is not only keenly aware of the state of kashmiri carpet weaving but is also cognizant of the state of arts and crafts in india he immediately had my attention when he spoke of a disappearing tradition from my home state of gujarat aap dekhe see in uh, other parts of say south hmm. patola saree was famous <clears throat> in india right see One or two or three families are left to do that. Yeah, work. no one else does it anymore. This is happening everywhere in the world. Art is dying, unfortunately, which is pity. The patola sari comes from the Patan region of Gujarat, and their double ikat style is considered the most complicated of all textile designs in the world. Each classic patola sari can survive for about three hundred years and retain its color. The saris take four to six months to make, with more than seventy days for the coloring of silk threads. and about 25 days for the weaving this extremely complex and time consuming art is currently pursued by only four families in gujarat 
and after them, the art of Patola will perish too. This brought us to a poignant moment in the conversation. We both knew we had to address the elephant in the room. How long will Kashmiri carpet weaving survive? And I was not prepared for what Rafiq had to say. Tell you honestly, I see dark future for this art. How much time do you think we will be able to preserve this? How many decades now? Art will not die. Let me tell you that. The art will not art die. Art will not the, die. The craftsmen. Craftsmen, you know, is there maximum 20 years to my, my, my imagination. And thank God I won't be there after 20 years. I will not, I do not want to see this art dying. I pray to God day and night. Don't take me away before this art dies. Because I am so much attached to it. Silence hung in the air. And for a few moments, I could clearly hear the music playing in the background. All through the conversation, Mozart's most famous composition, Serenade Number no. 13 for Strings in G Major, was our companion. It was produced as a piece of nighttime music, and I could not help but feel an eerie parallel. 20 years, it's what Rafiq said. For a craft over 600 years old, it's probably going into its final moments, into a silent night. Sometimes in our travels, all we are left with is a silent prayer and a lump in our throats. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram. <laughs>